Hypocrisy's the best policy. Wish for change, but lazily. Century of debilitation. Your evolution is a damnation. You know what that music means. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Trav, aka Five Minute Major, and welcome to season two, episode 10 of the HV Pucks podcast, powered by Capiche.com. I'm proud to say that this is the only independent outlet dedicated to covering the sport of hockey in our region. As we've reached the halfway point of the high school hockey season, I'd like to know what are your favorite memories and moments uh, so far? And here are a few of mine. Uh, Prior to the season starting, I was invited uh, by the Section 1 hockey chairman, a gentleman by the name of Dean Berardo. He asked me to attend the Section 1 coaches meeting. So that's something I'll certainly remember. You know, being able to sit at the same table with all the coaches from the teams that I cover in this area was truly a memorable moment for me. It was an honor. And it was also a validation uh, of the work that I'm doing. Uh, that you know, So stick taps out to Dean Barada for the invite. Um, the first high school games of the season I attended at Ebersol, uh, which started off the Guy Matthews Thanksgiving Holiday Invitational Tournament. Uh, you know, I got to see White Plains take on Horace Greeley, and I saw Cortland take on New Rochelle. That was on Wednesday, November 22nd. Uh, you know, Guy Matthews was my cousin. Uh, he was a huge presence in the White Plains community. It's quite the honor that uh, they renamed the tournament after him. Uh, you know, so for a number of reasons, that's a that's a memorable moment for me. Plus, I started season one on January first, which was well into the high school hockey season last year. This year, I kicked off my season two when the high school season started. So again, just a, a memorable moment all around. Um, going to the Ice Hutch on Saturday, November twenty fifth, and watching Pelham raise their banner is another memorable moment for me. Um, if you remember, I I flew up to Buffalo on my own dime. Um, I secured media credentials, and I was able to watch Pelham win it all. I was able to celebrate with the coaches, with the players, on the ice, in the locker room. So being able to go and watch them raise that banner on the 25th and interact with alumni, members of the community, uh, and it was a great game too. Um, That is definitely something um, I will remember. Um, You know, again, uh, Willow Barnes stood on her head that night, and I think she stopped at least eight shots on goal um, during the overtime. So for a variety of reasons, that was a very memorable night, too. Um, Monroe Woodbury and North Rockland get together every year for the last three years, I think, up at Bear Mountain uh, for the Winter Classic, where they donate a number of toys to the Maria Ferrari Children's Hospital. It's a great way to kick off the holiday season. This year, I was asked to be the MC, play some music. And I have to say, uh, I, the opening lineups were fine. The ceremonial puck drop was fine. I made sure to, to mention all of the dignitaries that were in attendance. I didn't mess up any names. Uh, it really went off without a hitch. However, I had put my phone on mute and I didn't take it off of mute. So when it came time to sing the national an- uh, play the national anthem, I should say, uh, nothing came out. So I panicked. I grabbed the mic and I sang the Star Spangled Banner. And depending on who you talk to, I did a good job. Other people thought I did a terrible job. But either way, I stepped up when the moment called for it, and um, that's definitely a memorable moment for me. Um, being at uh, Ebersol on Thursday, December 14th, in the freezing cold, and watching Rivertown score six unanswered goals in the third period to beat White Plains is definitely something I remember. I picked up some hand warmers from Walmart prior to the game, and halfway through uh, the second period, I had these frozen rocks in my pocket, the... Uh, the ham warmers had completely frozen over. So that, if that's any indication on how cold it was uh, that night. And again, you know, it just goes to show that in, in this day and age, you can't count any team out. Rivertown had 15 minutes to try to make a difference, and they, they certainly did that. And uh, I've been very impressed with their speed and their skill uh, this season. So I'm looking forward to hearing from the players uh, during the dump and chase segment. So let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back after this. This is Brian Riley, head hockey coach at Army West Point. 
and you are listening to the HV Pucks Podcast, available for free download on Google Play, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Now, back to the show. Now let's get right into the dump and chase. This week, I asked high school hockey players in the Hudson Valley for their favorite memories and moments from the 2018 season to date. And here's what they all had to say. Matt Malone said, My favorite memory has to be being down 2 to nothing to North Rockland and coming back to win 3 to 2 in OT. David Brown said, Beating Mayapak 4 to 1. Mike Halper said, It's definitely going to have to be when our fans sang the national anthem the other night while we had technical difficulties. Our fans are always there for us, and it showed. James Carrier said, Definitely beating Stepanak. Kieran Vargas said, My favorite memory from this season so far is surpassing 1,000 saves. I remember going into my coach's classroom the day after my first practice my freshman year saying that I want to be the third goalie in TZ history to surpass 1,000 saves. I want to be remembered for that. Steven Apicella said, It's still early in the season, but I'd have to go with our trip to Buffalo. Just hanging out with the team and playing teams we don't normally play against. Matt Lotto said, probably scoring uh, in the opener against Carmel and getting our first win of the season. Andrew Soljenko said, I'd have to say it was the home opener. Even without getting the result we wanted, it was still a really memorable and special night with the raising of the state championship banner and all of last year's team in the building. Will Brunner said, definitely the trip we took to Maryland. It was great to visit D.C. and all the memorials, and we won both games we played on the trip so it was a lot of fun. Chris Cromwell said, It had to be the overtime winner against New Rochelle in the Thanksgiving tournament. That was a big statement game for us that we could hang in there with a high-quality team and beat a high-quality team, and we took away a win they thought would be easy for them, and that gave us a lot of momentum for the season and gave us more confidence. John Gormley said, Being able to spend time with the team every day and know that that every time I hit the ice, every one of my teammates has my back has to be my favorite part. Although the five-minute major rendition of the national anthem has to be a close second. Sean Blaney said, My favorite memory has to be our first weekend as a team. We played in a tournament in Pennsylvania and all the guys were very supportive and helped all the younger players gain confidence and feel comfortable. Overall, it was a great experience. Grace Lunder said, so far, probably beating Rye, just because of how hyped we were during and after the game. There's something about playing Rye and being outshot by almost double and being able to pull off the win, which was huge for us. Brett Hansen said, probably building chemistry with all the new teammates because of the merger. Nick Scollard said, it had to be the experience of going to Utica and bonding with my teammates there. Willow Barnes said, definitely tying Pelham. It, has been, it had been such a big buildup since my freshman year uh, to give Pelham a good game, and we finally accomplished that goal by my senior year. Harrison Freed said, Coming back from my concussion and getting back on the ice with the team again and getting back on track has to be my favorite memory so far because being out really reminds you of how much the game really means since it's the last season. It was also very special when my brother officially became a member of the team. Will Dodge said, My favorite memory so far has been beating Rye 5-3. It's always a big game, and that was a back-and-forth game that was amazing to be a part of, and getting the W made it that much better. An anonymous parent said, Rivertown's third-period comeback versus White Plains in 15-degree weather at Ebersol. Another anonymous parent said, Carmel tying Pelham in Game 1 when Pelham raised their championship banner. Willow Barnes stood on her head that night. I want to thank everybody who contributed to this week's conversation. And uh, you're listening to the HV Pucks podcast. And we'll be right back after this. Yeah. 
You know, one of the things I enjoy the most about hosting this podcast is when I get to sit down with players, coaches, parents, and fans to talk pucks. This week, as part of my Where Are They Now segment, I sat down with Sean Gordon, formerly of the Suffern Mounties, who's now playing club hockey at Ramapo College. Enjoy. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and this is part of the Where Are They Now segment uh, that I started this year on the podcast. I am pleased to be joined by Sean Gordon, who is a former goaltender for the Suffern Mounties, uh, and he is currently uh, manning uh, manning the blue uh, in between the pipes, whatever vernacular, whatever acronyms, whatever analogies you want to use for the Ramapo College Roadrunners. I actually got to see Sean in action on several occasions, and I really enjoyed watching him play. Sean, thank you so much for taking the time out to uh, speak with me today. How you doing? I'm doing great. Honored to come on the show. I'm honored to have you. Can you uh, can you tell us a little bit about your journey from suffering to Ramapo? Were there any stops in between for you um, after you graduated? Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, between Suffern and Ramapo, uh, my senior year at Suffern, I started playing for uh, the Avs junior team. It was uh, in the MJHL. Okay. No longer a league, I, I believe. But it was the last year of that. And uh, I think that experience got me... Uh, involved in juniors and to, to see that was important because last year I took off uh, and went to Bergen Community College for a year, played uh, Wildcats NA3 AHL uh, for Justin Stanwick. And uh, while I was playing there, coach of uh, Ramapo, Greg Jensen, sent me an email that he had uh, seen me play there and uh, wanted me to come to a practice. I went to uh, Ramapo practice, and uh, I don't, it just felt felt like a, a good place to play. They really, they're getting serious about recruiting. Next few years, they want to move up, and it was just a, a good place for me. I'm really excited to continue playing there. I'm really glad that you wound up there too, Sean. You know, I, I before the high school season started, I, I did my fair share of uh you know, college club games, and, and Rampo definitely has a strong program. I know they recently won their championship. Um, I know there's a couple of suffering, former suffering players on that squad. Dan uh, DeMarco, Anthony Caruto, in addition to yourself, you know, have come through. Um, you know, so again, it's, it's and actually we still have, uh, he's on the blue line. His name is escaping me right now. Help me out, Sean. Who's on the blue Pat line? Pack Big Pat Callanan patrolling oh, the blue, oh. making sure oh, no, everybody's, you know. So I, I have to tell you some uh, some news. He actually uh, left the Ramapo. He got a job, uh, police department. Well, listen, that's recently. that's their your loss is the uh, police department's gain. But uh, so oh, Pat Pat will literally sure. be patrolling the streets now, not just patrolling the ice. But uh, no, it's nice to see where you guys wind up. You know, um, but. Uh, What's the, uh, what's, you know, talking about, you know, college versus high school, what's the biggest difference in your opinion between playing for the Mounties and playing for the Roadrunners? Oh, okay. Um, well, definitely miss uh, the crowds uh, talking about the Mounties, the Friday night games, front of half the school. That was great. But uh, luckily for me, the Roadrunners also play at Sportorama, so I get to keep that home uh, for a while. Uh, but there's plenty of differences uh, rules-wise. It feels like a different game at times. There's uh, the 20-minute periods. They feel a lot longer. And uh, one thing you might not know about uh, is uh, a little different in, in this league is uh, if, there, if, there, if somebody scores on a delayed penalty, uh, the penalty is still served. Wow. And that's happened that's happened a few times this season. It's a big difference. Yeah, that I would games quick two goals. Yeah, that that I was real I was unaware of, so I'll definitely have to make it a point to keep that in mind. That's wild. So if a goal is scored on a delayed penalty, that penalty will still stand, so the team actually has a chance to to like you said, double up. That's very interesting. 
Um, yeah. yeah, and it's nice. I was going to say it is nice to see you back at the old barn where they really, you know, on Friday night, there's no place, you know, I'd rather be than uh, Sportorama because they really bring the crowds. But, you know, Ramapo seems to have a loyal fan base. And I think as you guys continue to win and continue to recruit and, uh, you know, get the word out there on social media, uh, the more fans will turn out for sure. Yeah, uh, our social media is great. Our, we, we've gotten plenty of fans out there, the, the nice home games we've had. It's good to see. Um, what's one thing, and you, you touched on it already, but I just want to see if there's anything else. Sean, what's one thing you miss the most about playing high school hockey? Oh, yeah, no, I, I did touch on uh, the, the crowd playing in front of uh, everybody. That was certainly a big thing. Uh, I also, I, I probably miss even more practicing every day. Uh, I like getting in the ritual of having practice every day. It helps me kind of get those bad habits out of my game. If, if there's anything I need to focus on, there's not much time off in between practices where I can kind of forget. I can really focus more on my game. Stay locked in. But, uh, now Rampo has two practices a week, um, hour and a half Tuesday, Thursday night. It's a little different, hmm. but yeah, I could I could see how practicing with the high school squad every day could help keep you sharp and and keep those bad habits away. Whereas if it's you know only a couple of nights a week, um, can you? Uh, I know again you, you you spend a lot of time at the rinks either playing or or maybe checking out some of the teams. I know that you were on you know a suffering a suffering squad that was very competitive. Um, during your time in high school. In your opinion, Sean, just again, your opinion, how is the state of Section 1 hockey? Yeah, um, I certainly wouldn't consider myself uh, an expert in Section 1 hockey this year. I've been very busy, but from what I've seen, uh, I think it's in good hands. Uh, There's plenty of talent. Uh, The the few games I've seen so far, overall, uh, the players look to be a little bit smaller, but there's certainly no lack of physicality mm-hmm. is what I've seen. Um, it's been, uh, it's been, every game I've seen so far has been exciting. Uh, my favorite was definitely Suffering Home Opener. It was a tough one, but a lot of character in that game. I saw a lot of fight from Suffering. Yeah, I, I ha- I'll, I'll agree with you that, you know, again, there, there's, there's definitely uh, skill. Uh, you know, again, there might be the smaller players out there now, but uh, every game is exciting. You know, nothing is guaranteed. I think the section is wide open, to be honest with you. Um, you know, some of the traditional powerhouse teams might be a little down or might just be going through, you know, some differences with players either focusing more on travel or, you know, turning their attention more to prep schools or other programs. So now it's time for some of these, you know, other programs to, that have been building over time to step in. But when you look at the big picture, you know, we've got three state championships since 2012, that being Suffren in 2012. Mamaroneck in 2016, Pelham in 2017, and even the team that I do the public address for up here in Orange County, the one uh, public high school team, Monroe Woodbury, won a state championship in 2007. So I just hope that uh, you know the, the good things that you touched on and the good things that I've been noticing, you know, continue. Um, moving right along, can you describe a day for us in the life of Sean Gordon? Like I know you're on vacation from school right now, but a typical day, you know, at Ramapo College. For you okay so uh last semester i kind of waited a little too long to schedule classes so i had to deal with uh having an 8 a.m or an 8 30 a.m uh, every single morning of the week so that was uh, a mistake on my part hmm. but uh i'll always start my day with uh black coffee uh typically bacon egg and cheese or some type of bagel always have breakfast very important to get me through the day uh other than class, uh, do some schoolwork. Uh, I go to the gym a lot. I try to go at least five days of the week. Mm-hmm. Off ice is just as important as on ice, especially when you're only practicing two times a week. You've got to try and stay in the best physical shape for your game because that's very important too. Uh, I play a lot of play a lot of Xbox with my friends that went away to college mm-hmm. that are uh, not close enough for me to see on a regular basis. Right. like to play some NHL uh, 18, Call of Duty, Classics. Uh, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, every day is different for me. Right. I don't really have a set schedule. 
Like a typical life of a college student. I'm getting a little jealous right now. Hey, when you play NHL 18, what team are you? Oh, always the Islanders. Yeah, always. I was afraid you were going to say that. All right, it's okay. We'll get into the Islanders talking a little bit. Um, here's my next question. You kind of touched base. You kind of touched on it when you were mentioning, you know, your breakfast. Now you get your day started. Is there something you can get only on campus or in New Jersey that you can't get? You know somewhere else like is there a special deli or a little spot where you get that bacon egg and cheese or you know is there a go-to place after a game for you i'll address uh both parts of the question there on uh Ramapo's campus uh, i'll tell you they have terrific buffalo chicken tenders it sounds so simple but they are uh, very good at the uh pay cast. and a lot of the times before games uh Ramapo will leave from the, the d lot uh an away game, take a bus as a team. We'll go to uh, get food beforehand. A lot of, a lot of buffalo tenders. Nice. Very. And then uh, another thing. Yeah, you said you realized. Uh, big fan of bacon, egg, and cheese. That's a New Jersey thing for sure. I mean, Rockland County. They have a uh, terrific uh, breakfast sandwiches too. But uh, that's one thing for sure. The bacon, egg, and cheese in New Jersey is to die for. Well, I was going to say... Uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, Sean. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm, no I'm sorry. No, no. I was going to say, are you sure it's not Taylor ham and cheese down there in Jersey? Uh, that's Yeah, no, that's a popular opinion. I, I'm not so much in on... It's not bad, but no. I prefer the bacon. Yeah, gotcha. And then, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, it's nice having all the communities in New Jersey. A lot of uh, tightly knit, close, commu- close communities. Everybody knows everybody. And... Uh, Special, special food places that are not really chains. There's a place in my town, Westwood, uh, the Iron Horse. Oh yeah, I've been, I've been there. Boston I've been, town. I've been to the Iron Horse. They put the cheese in the burger. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's Fantastic. Got to try. Fantastic. Now you're speaking my language. There was a steakhouse I used to go to in Westwood too. I think that closed Arthur's or something. They used to oh. have. Sounds familiar, but I, I don't think I've been there. Personally. Yeah, they used to put like the pickle. They had like the big bowl of pickles on the table, and it was like a simple menu. But that Iron Horse boy, that's yeah, that that hits the spot for me. Hey, um, for any players that are going to be listening to this interview, and I'll definitely tweet it out. And I appreciate you coming on. What can you tell them about life after high school in terms of playing hockey? Well, uh, I'll tell you. Uh, one of the one of the biggest differences is. Uh, uh, one of the biggest differences to me is uh, in in games you're not going to have an easy win. There's everybody wants to win, so it's 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 really it's, it's hard to explain. But the, the biggest difference is any team could win on any night, regardless of record. It's it's going to be a battle every game, and. Uh, really the biggest difference yeah no i would agree with you i mean these kids are some of them are on scholarships some of them are really looking to take their game from let's say the club level to another level and and you know again it, it's they're playing for keeps so every win is definitely a hard-earned win I, I i would agree with you on that um all right so let's get into some of the hockey the professional hockey talk favorite professional hockey player sean past or present you're asking me right now because I don't think it's ever been more obvious for me. Uh, Matt Barzell. Yeah, he's getting a lot of love, rightfully so. Um, it, it is very early, I understand, but I, I tell you, he is fun to watch. Three on three overtime, I'd like him to be out there the entire five minutes. I have, that's, that, that's over John Tavares. Uh, I, yeah. I, I have to tell you, I mean, again, you know, I say this all the time, even though I'm a Ranger fan, it's great for hockey when. The Islanders, the Devils, the Rangers, all the Metro teams are doing well. So, you know, stick taps out to Matt Barzal. And, uh, you know, the Islander fans certainly deserve some things to be happy about, you know, after the nonsense in Long Island with the arena, having to go to Brooklyn to watch the games and all the nonsense about the ice and the arena and the obstructed seats and blah, blah, blah. So that leads me to my, my next question as far as what are your thoughts on this Belmont arena deal? Are you happy about that? I'm so excited. This is uh, Christmas came early for Islanders fans. That's the best news you can get as a franchise. Getting your own arena, moving back to Long Island, that's where the team should be. Uh, I mean, I, I love taking public transportation to Barclays. 
uh, it wasn't so fun uh, as much driving with the parking situation. It was a little complicated in Brooklyn, but uh, taking the train and subway to games was pretty fun. But I will not really miss that uh, as opposed to going to Belmont. Belmont's very convenient. Yeah, and I can't. And, and, I, no, go ahead, Sean. Sorry, I forgot you. Off, and, and to have their own arena, I'm sure uh, it's not. It's going to be nice instead of having to share with a, a building that was not specifically made for hockey, as I'm sure you know. Yeah, that's actually a very good point. You bring that up that this is primarily going to be the Islanders' arena. They'll do concerts and they'll do other events, but really, it's you'll have an opportunity to build a state-of-the-art arena for the sport of hockey. Um, Two more questions for you. This one might, I, I don't know, I want to get your thoughts on it. Will John Tavares remain an Islander? Yes, yes, yes. I think it's uh, very silly. A lot of people, all my friends, uh, a lot of them are Ranger fans making jokes about Tavares leaving, so I've been hearing it a lot. But I, I'm not worried. I think the arena was certainly the first step. And uh, even though Tavares said that that wasn't, uh, really too important. I'm sure he's not going to show his cards and, and let, let everybody know what's going on, but that was certainly the first step for bringing him back. And the, Islander, the Islanders will pay him whatever he wants, and he'll be reasonable. I really don't think there's much to worry about when uh, your, your former first overall pick, who's, who's had no real problems with the organization, is ready to uh, resign. Yeah, I would agree. Um, you know, again, I think stable ownership, a new arena deal, you know, a passionate fan base, and like you said, a, uh, you know, a talented player that really doesn't have any history of drama or any history of, you know, negative contract negotiations or things like that. So, um, you know, I, I hope again that Tavares does stay with the Islanders because you know, new arena, st- stable ownership. Uh, you know, uh, superstars in the making like Matt Barzal. You know, I think there's definitely some some positive things for the Islanders and Islander fans to be looking forward. So, last question, Sean. What's next for Sean Gordon? Obviously, we're going to be staying at Ramapo. We're going to be playing hockey. But, you know, later on down the road, what are we looking to do? What are we studying? You know, what's next for you? Uh, well, uh, yeah. Um, when I decided to come to Ramapo, I changed my major to Law and Society. Okay. Uh, I'd like to do something with uh, law enforcement after I graduate. Uh, first step is getting the degree. Uh, it's nice to have uh, friends like Pat Callanan and Dan DeMarco, who are, are both former suffering, uh, suffering hockey players who have went on to become police officers now already, that uh, I can really have them assist me. Like They're doing something very similar to what I want to do. I just want to get my degree first. Right. So to have them to assist me is great. Uh, so yeah, something in law enforcement, whether that's detective, police officer, figure that out eventually. But generally, that's that's what I know. Hey, listen, that speaks volumes to who you are as a person to wanting to give back to your community to protect and serve. So, and that's awesome news about both Dan, uh, De- Dan and uh, Pat. So uh, certainly if you see them in your travels or you talk to them, please send them my best and congratulations. Um, so ladies and gentlemen, that was, uh, we've been, I've been chatting with Sean Gordon, again, former goaltender for the Suffern Mounties, current goaltender for the Rampo College Roadrunners. Um, we didn't get into the whole Sox thing, Sean, because I don't want to give away too many trade secrets, but you know that we can do that on another episode. But again, I, I, I appreciate you coming on. Um, happy holidays, certainly to you and your family. Uh, happy New Year! May 2018 bring you good health, peace, and prosperity, and good fortune for the Roadrunners. And thanks again for taking the time out. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right, be well. Have a good one. This is Coach Berger of the Fox Lane Foxes, and you're listening to the HV Pucks podcast, available for free download on Google Play, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Now back to the show. Since the beginning of the season, I've talked about uh, adding a special segment to the show. And over the holiday break, I sat down with Jessica Lappy, a head athletic trainer at Tappan Zee High School. So here's the very first installment of From the Trainer's Room with Jessica. Enjoy. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major. And welcome to the very first installment of From the Trainer's Room. Um, I'm pleased to be joined by Jessica Lappy. She is an athletic trainer 
at Tappan Zee High School, and she's graciously agreed to come on the show with me today. Jessica, first of all, happy holidays, and thank you for coming on. Oh, thank you so much. Merry Christmas to you, and um, pleasure being here. Um, how long have you been an athletic trainer at Tappan Zee High School? This will be my third year at Tappan Zee. I know that you and I spoke before we started recording, and I know that you've been at different colleges, you've been in a few different schools, so while it's just your third year um, at TZ, it's certainly not your third year in the field. You come with a, with a, a you know, long-standing uh, hi- history and experience. Yes, um, I have about seven, eight years under my belt. Um, what, are, what are the most common injuries that you see related to uh, playing the sport of hockey that you've encountered with the players that you service? Well, being that hockey is such a high-impact sport, obviously concussions is the chief one you're looking for. Um, But I've also seen a lot of hamstring strains, contusions from getting hit with the puck, uh, hand contusions, um, things like that. Okay. What's um, What's the biggest mistake, if I could ask you, what's the biggest mistake you see high school athletes, let's say hockey players in particular, making in terms of training and or nutrition, in your opinion? Well, um, from what I find from, you know, high school level kids is they, uh, they eat a diet based on, on basically carbs. They'll eat carbs all day long and, um, it's either that or they don't eat enough period. Uh, so they're not fueling their bodies correctly. Um, you know, and their muscles get fatigued very easily. So I find that, um, I think that, you know, high school level athletes and I think athletes in general really just need to eat more protein and more veggies. Um. When you eat just carbs and sugar, like they eat a lot of granola and cereal and bagels all day, um, it's going to start leading to muscle fatigue, and then that's how they get injured. Um, they're just not playing at their highest level. Um, so when they eat protein, it keeps their body at a steady state so they can perform better. Um, the other thing I notice is they don't train enough because they don't want to be sore. Um, high school level athletes, they don't like being in pain a lot, and I get that. You know, it's it's not easy, but, um, you know, putting the time in before the season so they're not sore in the season is kind of, you know, something I, I'd love to see happen going forward. Um, they tend to, I feel like they rely just on themselves, on their God-given talent instead of kind of taking it to the next level. Um, and when they don't do that, they, you know, they develop muscle imbalances and then they, they get overuse injuries and, you know, things kind of start, you know, breaking down. Um, I think in conjunction with that, they also need to stretch more. I think that's a big one and like going along with hockey, the hamstring strains I see is really just because they rely so much on that back posterior chain of their body and they don't uh, stretch their hamstrings enough or they don't know how to do it. I find that a lot of kids just don't know how to get their hamstring correctly. Um, So I think to mitigate all this is they need to do more work, you know, whether it's coaches or PE or even trainers, um, athletic trainers, they need to kind of start working at the lower levels, like younger kids, because I feel like athletes now are starting younger and younger. So, um, you know, and a lot of studies are showing now that, you know, children like as young as five can start lifting and stretching just like adults. It actually makes them uh, better, faster, stronger going forward because they developed really good habits. Um, So I think, you know, it's going to do a lot more than, you know, if you start younger, it'll do a lot more than just building strength and, you know, getting flexibility. You also get confidence because you know how to use your body uh, in the best way possible. I think those are some really, really great suggestions, Jessica. And thank you so much again for coming on. Um, what specific types of exercises? I know you touched on a couple of things in your last answer, but what specific types of exercises are better in your opinion for hockey players? Well, like I said before, hockey players are, you know, um, power athletes. They're, they're, they require a lot of explosiveness and a lot of endurance. Um, I love doing HIIT workouts um, in conjunction with, like, plyometrics. I think it's great at developing both of those things where, you know, they have to explode forward or do side movements, side to side movements, exploding, you know, jumping on boxes, um, working on their speed. Um, so they can do, like, you know, a HIIT workout where they do, like, 40 seconds on, 20 seconds off, and do, like, two or three rounds. That's a great workout. They'll get their cardio up. They'll get their, you know, their muscle, their big muscle groups, you know, moving at a quicker speed. Um, I also really think that for hockey, obviously, core is like number one because you have to balance on the ice and skate. Um, so I think um, I've really like started uh, using the TRX system. Okay. Um, I use that with a lot of athletes uh, for core. It's uh, great because it, it's all about balance and proprioception, um, and they get every core muscle. And obviously, core is 
you know, the front, your, you know, your abdominals and your back muscles. So I think that in conjunction with plyometrics or even adding the TRX into the plyometrics with, t- uh, with a HIIT workout is like, that's like the ideal in my opinion. Hmm. I like, I like all this information you're giving us today. It's great. Um, in your opinion, uh, Jessica, should hockey players only focus on hockey? And you kind of, again, alluded to this in your recent answer. Um, should they only focus on playing hockey or should they also try other sports just to mix it up a bit, if you will? Um, well, again, going back to studies, because we like facts as athletic trainers, right. um, studies have shown that when athletes um, stick with only one sport, uh, they tend to develop more like overuse injuries and muscle imbalances due to the fact that they're only using that one group of muscles. So um, athletes that you know incorporate different sports use different muscles um and it's it's challenging them in different ways and you know they're able to kind of like adjust when something happens because the muscles are all being used the way they should be um so i think it it makes them more resilient and gives them honestly a more competitive edge than other athletes who just stick in the one sport arena um the other thing too is you know on the other side is i think that multi-sport athletes um are able to handle adversity a bit more uh, just simply because they're getting different perspectives from their coaches and their teammates. Um, and they're able to take that with them from sport to sport and into life and into the workplace. Cause that's really what I think high school level athletes, that's what we're kind of getting them ready for. It's for life, for handling what, you know, life's going to throw at them at work, work and their boss is going to ask of them. So I think, you know, overcoming adversity and working with other sports and other people is just a really great way to expose them to all those different things. Great advice. Great information. uh, Awesome, awesome stuff. Two more questions for you, Jessica, before I let you go. Do you have a favorite sport that you like to play? I love dancing. Dancing's my favorite. I don't know if I like say that's a sport, but I love doing it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, my both my daughters dance competitively. I have a 13-year-old and a 10-year-old, and I can tell you that dancing is a sport. So okay. based on the amount of time that they put into it, the preparation, you know, and then the performances, whether it's at a competition or a showcase, in my opinion, as a proud dance dad, dancing is a sport. Um, yeah, I mean, there's even athletic trainers for dancers. So yeah, I completely agree with you. And last but not least, if you weren't an athletic trainer, you'd be a blank. Oh my my gosh, I'd love to like own a farm and be a farmer. I know that's so silly, but I think it would just be so fun to own and operate a farm. Hey, listen, it's not a silly thing because without farms, (laughs) there's no food. That's true. So again, um, you know, a couple of years ago, I I worked as a job coach. And I remember we brought a group of kids over to uh, the co-op in Chestnut Ridge. And it's really like Uh a... Uh, a retreat. It's a community where they really don't use or buy anything, let's say, outside of the community. It's solely based on the farm and whatever they can produce on their own. It really was just a different way of living, a different way of looking at things. So I think it's it's interesting that uh, that's what you'd want to do. And who knows, maybe one day you will get to uh, run your own farm when... uh, Oh, I hope so. That would be great. And do athletic training because I just, I love my job, really. It's Absolutely. Now, we're talking about a second career when we're, when we're retired, when we've done all of our good work and we're when ready I'm to old. move on. <laughs> anyway, Jessica, thank you so much. I hope to see you um, at the rink, you know, at uh, one of these NIAC TZ games uh, one of these days during the season. And again, thanks so much for taking the time to uh, call in today. Thanks so much, Trev. Have a great day. Take uh, care. You too. Bye. Bye. As the 10th episode for season two comes to an end, it's now time for Stick Taps, where we honor, recognize, and acknowledge individual players, coaches, teams, or hockey-related events and charities. Stick Taps out to Adam Page, one of the hockey coaches for the St. Mary's varsity hockey team, on being named to the U.S. Paralympic sled hockey team. This will be Adam's third time. And I want to congratulate him and wish him and all of his fellow Olympians all the luck in bringing home the gold medal.
Stick taps out to the E.O. Smith-Tallin Bucks hockey team, who have made a pledge this year to support the Jacob Roger Poulin Foundation through the Score for Jacob campaign. Fans can pledge a dollar amount for every Bucks goal scored this season, which will directly benefit the foundation and its many charitable endeavors, including building a park in Jacob's memory. For more information, you can visit www.jrpf.org or follow at BucksNation1 on Twitter. Stick taps out to the Baldwinsville Bees varsity hockey team for hosting a teacher's appreciation night on Tuesday, January 9th at 7 p.m. versus Fulton at the Lysander Rink. The festivities began at 6.30 p.m. Stick taps out to the Liverpool Warriors varsity hockey team for hosting a teacher's appreciation night also on Tuesday, January 9th at 7 p.m. versus Mohawk Valley at the Lysander Rink. Their festivities began at 6.40 p.m. Stick taps out to Willow Barnes, senior goaltender for the Carmel Rams varsity hockey team, as she has amassed 1,556 saves over the course of her varsity career. Stick taps out to junior forward John Gallat of the St. John Vianney hockey team on securing his 100th career varsity point in a 3-3 tie versus St. Joseph's Regional High School on Tuesday, January 9th. The last Lancer to record 100 points was John's older brother, Mike, in 2014. Stick taps out to the Rye Varsity Hockey team for their Rye Hockey versus Hunger initiative to benefit the Carver Center Food Pantry. The team asked all fans in attendance to their game versus Mamaroneck to bring canned food items like pasta, rice, and cereal. Stick taps out to junior forward Scott Bradley of the Lyman Hall Haddam Killingsworth Coaching Hog Trojans high school hockey team for earning his 100th career varsity point in a 4-3 win over Housatonic on Wednesday, January 10th. A stick taps out to senior goaltender Kieran McNellis of the Red Bank Catholic ice hockey team for making 50 saves in a 2-2 tie versus Wall Township on Wednesday, January 10th. Stick taps out to the West Haven hockey team for retiring the jersey number of New Haven police officer Robert Fumiati, a former West Haven player who was shot and killed in the line of duty back in 2013. The ceremony was held at uh, Bennett Rink on Wednesday, January 10th, prior to West Haven's game versus Amity. Stick taps out to the Ridge varsity hockey team for hosting a purple out in support of Basking Ridge fourth grader Katie King, on Friday, January 12th at the Bridgewater Sports Arena versus Montgomery. Puck drop was scheduled for 5.50 p.m. and donations will be accepted for the Katie King Foundation, which helps to pay for treatments and for transportation to and from the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. For more information, please visit katiekingfoundation.com. Stick taps out to Monroe Woodbury junior goaltender Sam Stuber, who made 54 saves in a 6-1 loss to Brewtown, on Friday, January 12th. Stick taps out to junior forward David Renzulli of the Madison hockey team, who notched his 50th career varsity point after a five-point outing against Governor Livingston. He had three goals and two assists in that game on Friday, January 12th. Stick taps out to Nick LaBianca of the Jackson Liberty hockey team for joining the 100-point club in a 9-0 win over Red Bank Regional on Friday, January 12th. From what I understand, Nick was out of the lineup for the past three weeks, came back, and scored a hat trick in that game. Stick taps out to the Rytown Harrison and White Plains varsity hockey teams as they hosted the second annual Mayor's Cup game at uh, Ebersol Ice Rink on Saturday, January 13th. I have to tell you, it was a tremendous event. The community really came out in full support of both teams. Uh, There were a number of neat prizes and raffles, 50-50 chuck-a-puck silent auction. I actually wound up winning two hockey sticks. Uh, One I'm going to donate to uh, the Ice Time Sports Complex in Newburgh uh, to a a player that's in need of equipment. And I'm keeping the other one. It's an autographed uh, Colton Orr uh, hockey stick. So uh, again, just stick touts out to everybody who helped put that Mayor's Cup game together. Uh, and all proceeds benefited the Wheelchair Sports Federation. Uh, 
Stick taps out to the Weathersfield, Middletown, Rocky Hill, Plainville hockey team for hosting a military appreciation game on Saturday, January 13th versus the Newington Co-op. Puck drop was set for 7 p.m. at the Newington Arena. All proceeds will benefit the Wounded Warrior Project. Stick taps out to the Norwalk McMahon Co-op hockey team and the Staples High School hockey team for participating in a game to honor both the Norwalk Police and Fire Departments. Puck drop was set for 8 p.m. on Saturday, January 13th at the Sono Ice House. Norwalk McMahon uh, wore special white Norwalk PBA uniforms while Staple wore blue Norwalk Fire Department uniforms. Finest appeared on the back of the McMahon uniforms while the back of the Staples uniforms read Bravest. Uh, Proceeds uh, went to support survivor benefits for active and retired members of both departments. Stick taps out to the Marist College Red Foxes for hosting their first annual Hall of Fame induction ceremony on Saturday, January 20th. The alumni game is set for 10.30 a.m. at the McCann Ice Arena, followed by lunch and the Hall of Fame induction, and the afternoon ends with a game between Marist and Wagner College at 4.15 back at McCann. Stick taps out to both the Carmel Rams and Mayapak Indians varsity hockey team for hosting a Carmel Hockey Fights Cancer game on Friday, January 26th at the Brewster Ice Arena. There will be a bake sale, chuck-a-puck, and a 50-50 raffle, plus much more. Puck drop is set for 9 p.m., with all proceeds going to benefit Community Cares, which is a local organization aiding families with children whose parents are undergoing a major medical illness, such as cancer. Stick taps out to the Manalapan Ice Hockey Team for organizing a clothing drive fundraiser. The team will be collecting new or gently used men's, women's, and children's clothing, shoes, purses, belts, bed and bath linens, and stuffed animals on on Saturday, January 27th. They can also accept bicycles and baby strollers. For more information, you can contact Christine Bruto at brutomhschockey at gmail.com. Again, that's brutomhschockey at gmail.com. Stick taps out to the Byram Hills varsity hockey team who will be hosting their sixth annual Pink the Rink game versus John Jay at Brewster Ice Arena on Wednesday, February 7th at 4 p.m. Your boy Trav will serve as guest in-house DJ and public address announcer throughout the afternoon. All proceeds will benefit the breast cancer division of the American Cancer Society. There is also an assist benefit game scheduled for Saturday, February 10th at the Mid-Hudson Civic Center in Poughkeepsie. An assist benefit game is a great way to support local hockey programs and local hockey rinks. Uh, Puck drop is set for 3.30 p.m. For more information or to purchase tickets or to donate, please visit www.benefitgames.com slash mhcc slash. And if you know of a player, coach, team, or hockey-related event or charity and would like them to receive stick taps in the future, please tweet me at travjack 71 using the hashtag HVPucks. This is your boy Trav, and you're listening to the HVPucks podcast, and I'll be right back with some of my final thoughts after this. Point to you when you're ready. This is Coach Chaparelli of Marinette Tigers, and you're listening to HVPucks, available for free on Google Play, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Now, back to the show. As the horn sounds on the 10th episode of Season 2, I want to let you know some of the topics for this season's future podcasts. Uh, A listener wrote to me, uh, and they want to know which team has the best locker room. Uh, Another listener chimed in and wants to know which team has the best merch. Uh, I'm still very interested in doing a history of Hudson Valley hockey with Stefan Vallis and Mike Schoenbach. I'll probably look to do that closer to the end of the season. Uh, And as I've mentioned before, there's a very devoted group of hockey players who have been playing together on Tuesday nights for 44 years in a row. The game is referred to as Hockey Night in Katona. So I reached out to the organizer of of that group, and uh, I hope to check out a game and interview some of the boys uh, a little bit later on this season. Uh, And if there are topics you'd like me to address on the show, please tweet me at travjack seventy one as I do this podcast for you. Uh, I also want to mention that we do have a Where Are They Now segment. Uh, This uh, past episode, episode 10, we heard from Sean Gordon, uh, who formerly played uh, hockey at Suffren. Uh, So he joins Tommy Spiro, Jackson Schultz, Russ Mazzaro, 
I also have uh, Sean Benson coming on uh, pretty soon. He uh, played hockey at Yorktown High School and now is captain of the uh, St. Thomas Aquinas uh, club hockey team. And Anthony Caruto. Anthony Caruto was a standout player, uh, 2012 uh, New York State champion with the Suffern Mounties. Uh, I believe he also captained the team uh, maybe his senior year, which would have been 2013. And he's now uh, he also won a championship, a league title, uh, with the um, Ramapo College team as well. So he's coming on too. So if any uh, Hudson Valley alumni want to come on the show, you can certainly uh, DM me, you can text me, you can email me, or you can stop me when you see me at one of the rinks. I'd love to have you on. Um, this week we had our first installment of From the Trainer's Room with Jessica. I'm going to have her on periodically. That segment's going to focus on athlete health, safety, and nutrition. Jessica Lappy is a uh, is the head athletic trainer for um, Tappan Zee High School. And uh, before I sign off, I want to thank my beautiful wife, Marisol, and my two daughters, Juliana and Kayla, for their never-ending love, support, patience, and understanding uh, because our family time takes a big hit over uh, the, uh, the high school season. Uh, actually, they're in Florida right now. I chose to stay home um, to cover games and just do my thing. So again, stick taps out to my beautiful family, my home team, if you will. You can find me on Twitter at TravJack71, on Instagram at 5 underscore min underscore major, and on Snapchat at 5 underscore min major. And if you like the music you've heard throughout the show, check out the EP Broken Walls by Fracture which is available on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. You can find them on Twitter at Fracture underscore Band, on Instagram at Fracture Official, Fracture Band Official on Facebook, and www.fractureofficial.com on the web. This is your boy Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and I'll see you at the rink. <laughs>